Battery bill. Battery bill. For cameras, computers, cars, or scooters. For trucks, boats, jet skis, remotes. Battery bill. Battery bill. How's it going, everybody? We welcome you to another edition of Hawaii Football Now. It's episode 56 here on HFN. Big mahalo to Spectrum Mobile, Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union, and Battery Bill for helping sponsor the pod. Jordan Helly, Hunter Hughes back with you. Our guy, Jaron Kawashigawa, on the controls. As always, producing this not-yet-award-winning podcast. We want to remind everybody that Hawaii Football Now is brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union. Originally opened in 1936 as a credit union for educators, Hawaii USA has inspired a culture of giving that is rooted in education and has since become Hawaii's largest credit union and expanded to other areas of community need that impact financial health, including healthcare, housing, and hunger. To learn more, please visit HawaiiUSAFCU.com. All right, diving into the opening drive, we record this on Wednesday, the 21st at 7 a.m. Hawaii time sets release this tomorrow. Of course, as usual, our Thursday drop date thursday september 22nd getting ready for the road trip to new mexico state coming up this saturday and the plane ride to las cruces for our opening drive segment we got to wish our guy hunter hughes a little happy belated birthday uh had the big b day this past sunday uh we saw him on saturday i gotta admit i had no idea uh i don't know if jaron did uh when we saw each other at the uh game uh as hawaii picked up the first win of the chang era against duquesne but uh happy belated birthday my man Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, no, I, it's always nice to uh, get our first win under our belt uh, in connection with my birthday. So thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Nice little birthday present there for, yeah. uh, for our guy, Hunter. I didn't All right. get the, uh, the water jugs dumped on me quite like Timmy Chang did, but uh, yeah. that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, you, um, you avoided that. The, uh, the Spectrum TV sideline guy, Scott Robbs, did not. Uh, he no, caught he like, the pounded. full brunt of the Gatorade bath. Uh, of course, Hunter handling the sideline duties for our ESPN Honolulu game broadcast with John and Mark Veneri on the call. All right, game time here on episode 56. We mentioned it's win number one of 2022, win number one in the head coaching career of coach Timmy Chang. Um, it wasn't pretty, but to get win number one, I, it has to feel good, right? It takes some of the pressure off. There's no longer the cloud of, look, man, when's that first win going to come? Right. The, the longer you get into the season, the more you got to talk about it, the more it becomes just this unseen pressure, I think. And, and look, it was against an FCS opponent. It was a game that Hawaii won by 10 points <laughs> against the Duquesne team. That's that's decent and it's quality program. But, you know, at the end of the day, Hunter, they'll take it. Oh, yeah. Uh, any way you can eke out a win to get some sort of momentum headed in the right direction. I think we're going to take that. And uh, Jordan, I don't, know, I don't know about you, but if we were playing fantasy football, I would be starting Hawaii's defense and special teams with that game against Duquesne, man, because that was pretty much the lone highlight for us. Yeah. Turnovers, special teams, uh, game changing plays, right? A blocked punt, nearly a second block punt, a huge kickoff return from Jalen Purdue that went nearly 60 yards, set up a short field. Um, and if you're playing fantasy football, six. not to get too negative, a uh, pick six, sorry. Yeah. I almost forgot yeah. about Panay He's pick six. He had a sack yeah. or a couple tackles for loss, I should say in the game as well. 
Um, if you had Malik Hausman, you're probably doing pretty well in your fantasy league as well. He had a couple yeah. of picks. Um, conversely, if you had Hawaii's offense in your fantasy league, it might not be as rosy a picture. No. You know, unless you maybe had DJ Parson had a couple of touchdowns, not a ton of yards, but very productive down inside the red zone. Uh, let's go over some of the numbers here. Again, 24-14 the final. Hawaii winning this one by 10. Trailed 3-0 early, uh, but responded right away. Uh, big kickoff return and then a touchdown uh, answered on the very next possession. Took the lead for good with 420 left in the first quarter. Played from ahead. Led 14-6 at halftime by as much as 24-6 before Duquesne punched in a late touchdown. Got the two-point conversion. Got the onside kick as well. Um, but a Malik Hosman interception in the end zone late in that game basically sealed it. Hawaii running out the clock from there on out. Uh, looking at the, the team totals, uh, offensive production, Duquesne 364 yards, fairly productive, moved the ball at times, but Hawaii's turnovers, I think, really played a big factor in that. Overall, I thought the defense has made some significant strides every single week uh, throughout the season. Offensively, Hawaii 184 yards total offense. 184 yards. Uh, passing Duquesne through it for 230, ran it for 134. Hawaii rushed for 91 yards. A couple of short fields factoring into that. Uh, they threw for 93 yards, Hunter. 93 yards passing total. The whole game, 93 yards. Uh, couldn't quite get to the 100-yard mark. Uh, Duquesne had 24 first downs. Hawaii, 13. 13 first downs in a four-quarter game. Uh, UH had the, the one interception. Duquesne, three interceptions. In that one, some of the team numbers there, uh, as we, as Hunter pointed out, the special teams had the block punt, the big kickoff return. They'd have a couple of miscues, a uh, couple of roughing the punter penalties following the block punt. The, the first of the two roughing the punters nearly resulted in another blocked punt. Uh, yeah. The third one wasn't quite that close. So you, you got to cut out some of those mistakes. But, but overall, I think a very net positive for this special teams unit. Kind of nice to see them being game changers once again in this program, but kind of overall your impressions, Hunter, of how this one unfolded. They hadn't played with the lead for much of the, of the season so far, right? It's been a whole lot of playing from behind. So they did have the advantage. They did have the luxury of sort of playing with a lead for most of this game. They were able to sort of methodically grind this one out, did take advantage of two short fields for their two touchdowns offensively defense contributes with a touchdown. You had a special teams block punts, all three phases kind of factoring in here, but, your general thoughts on win number one. Yeah, we've we've covered it well, I think, already that the the point is that we won the game, um, which I'm stoked. We're one and three, all right? And if we can get another one here this next week against New Mexico State, I mean, it feel like we've got the only momentum that we can almost count on for this season heading into um, conference play after that. However... With this game, um, it certainly raises some eyebrows, Jordan. Um, the fact that we only put up 184 offensive yards. I mean, if you do the math right there, that's less than 50 a quarter. That is not okay. <laughs> that, that is very far from okay. Um, if you look at the stats, I mean, Duquesne should have beat us, man. If you take away the blocked punt and Panay Pavii's pick six, they probably do win this game. Um, and across the board, it felt like whenever I was, you know, on the sideline, we were bigger. Um, 
we should have been more talented, certainly better coached. Um, and so eyebrows are definitely being raised right now, um, kind of with, with the production that we're seeing from this team. But again, uh, I'm sure we'll get into this later on as well. What, what have we been encouraging people with is that this is, you know, this is a rebuild year. Um, this is 53 new man roster. Um, the majority of our skilled guys left this past year in transfer portal. It's, it's a lemon situation with, um, uh, with what University of Hawaii football is. Now in the off season, this coaching staff, this team, the way they're um, handling themselves in the community, it's been fantastic. Um, TC Ching Complex is absolutely popping on Saturdays. Um, we just have to worry about getting better as a football team. <laughs> That's really the last thing that we got to worry about right now. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, right? It, it's, it's a step in the right direction overall, right? A win is a win. And look, winning is hard. Winning is hard at any level, especially at the Division One level. Um, look, you'd love for it to have been a 35-point romp where they click on all cylinders. But look, that's it's it's a process, right? It is a process. Are there things to be legitimately concerned about? Yeah, I think that's fair to point out. And we'll get into some of those things here coming up. Uh, but the fact that, you know, hey, look, they're down their top two wideouts with Jonah Pinocchio's injury, that doesn't help. Zion Bowen's already out defensively they have been you know really giving guys opportunities and I think we've seen some guys take advantage of that and we've seen some improvements um and we'll, we'll get into kind of all of this here in just a second let's start with the defense because I think that was obviously the bright side of this game uh and the offense will probably warrant a little more discussion <laughs> with the way things are going right now um but you've seen guys step up I, I thought the back end the, the defensive secondary played pretty well. We've seen some guys step up. I thought the offense, uh, excuse me, the defensive front also um, has made some strides. We've seen some guys in there, right? Uh, Ezra Evi Malo, I think, has been playing uh, significant snaps and contributing significantly. you got guys like Kobe Wyatt, who came into this program as a tight end, right? The transfer from Georgia making plays on that defensive line. I thought Tufanga and Povihi were where we thought they were kind of be in terms of production, right? Two funny eight tackles, three solo Panepavi, four tackles, um, a sack, 50 yard pick six. Like he he was all over the place. And then and then these this like rotating wave mm -hmm. of defensive backs, if you will, right? Kalana McCullough, who continues to get more playing time, seven tackles, four of them solo. Verdell Edwards, seven tackles, five solo. Malik Hausman, three pass breakups, two picks, huge picks that uh were both, you know, in the opponent or in their end zone, basically to stop drives deep in territory. Uh, Hugh Nelson, Noah Kamana, yep. six tackles each. Uh, I thought Meki Pei played well. Peter Manuma showed a lot in coverage. Um, and, and what he was able to do, he's a guy that can play up near the line of scrimmage. He can, put, he can drop back. I mean, these are a ton of guys in that defensive backfield. A lot of local boys, a lot of D1 Power 5 transfers, and guys like Edwards and Hausman and Hugh Nelson, and then obviously McCullough and Pei as well. Um, but I think we have seen guys on the defensive side of the football as this team had five tackles for loss, one sack, Les Mentala, I thought was really good again. Um, take advantage of opportunities. We've seen, I think, Coach Yoro and that defensive staff make some adjustments, get a few more of these guys, sort of the hybrid guys like Makaula, like Manuma, get them on the field, just get playmakers out there, right? Put Houseman in positions where he can go make plays. Pavihi and Tufanga kind of feeding off of that. Um, 
they gave up some yards, but like that's sort of how college football is these days, right? You're going to give up some yards. Yeah. Can you get stops? Can you force field goal attempts? Can you come up with turnovers? They did that. They did that in this game. And, and I think we, we we saw a little bit of that in the Western Kentucky game as well, at least in the first half. We saw some of that in the second half against Michigan. Um, you have seen improvements, at least in my eyes, on that side of the football. I think they're getting better. They're getting more comfortable in what they want to do out there. They've got an idea of how they want to attack. Um, but what has your, been your sort of assessment of the defensive side of the ball here four weeks in? Um, they're, a, they're a tough and resilient group. Um, Duquesne was very well coached. It felt like at any snap of the football, they could move the ball down the field without much resistance. And the fact that our defense was still able to keep them from getting in the end zone was a terrific accomplishment. Uh, obviously they, you know, they, they scored a couple times, but with, I mean, you, you were there, Jordan, it felt like Duquesne held the ball twice to our once um, in terms of offensive possessions. Um, it's reflective of how many yards that they were able to put up as well. And the fact that our defense was able to cause turnovers, get to um, the quarterback in the backfield and um, make their presence known out there was a, a tremendous accomplishment when they had almost no help from the offense on the other side of the football. So it, um, it, it speaks a lot to the resilience of these guys. Um, we mentioned it last week, coach Yoro's ability to make adjustments. Um, yeah. I'm thankful that we have um, this defense right now because uh, we don't seem to know what to do on the offensive side. So um hate to be a downer, but they are the highlight of our team right now. Yeah, uh, you know, defense and special teams. I'm glad, glad you brought up the the time of possession. Basically, uh, Western Kentucky held it. Excuse me, Duquesne, Duquesne held it for 37 minutes. 37 yeah. minutes. That time of possession to this 22 for Hawaii. But Hawaii didn't have a whole lot of drives. They basically had eight drives of consequence in this game, uh, and we'll, we'll get into that in just a second. I, I did want to kind of revisit special teams before we get to the offense, Hunter, yeah. and and that had been something that I think folks. Uh, we're critical of the last couple of years, you know, it just a, a lack of emphasis. Um, what we're seeing, you know, Thomas Sheffield, he's a guy that um, it won't be for lack of um, effort. effort. Yeah. <laughs> and his special teams unit. And I think we're seeing it pay dividends, like just some of the, the, the meat and potatoes stuff like Matt Shipley has, has uh, I thought the last two games done a really nice job punting the football. Um, he is still Mr. Reliable in the place kicking duties. Kyler Halverson continues to pin teams deep in the kickoff game. Uh, and now in the return game, we're seeing some of those sparks. We're seeing some of those flashes. Jalen Purdue, who we saw last year, I think that was one of the nice moves that the last coaching staff made at the end of last season was put him in as a kick returner because we saw the explosiveness he's doing again this year. Um, and we are seeing some of that. So I just wanted to kind of revisit special teams because we are seeing them start to factor into the games. Look, the two, and then the block punt as well, right? Obviously, um, yeah. the two touchdowns that the offense scored were because of the special team setting up 30-yard fields, 14-yard fields. Those are the only two times they scored. And, and so a huge tip of the cap to Coach Sheffield's unit. Oh, yeah, totally. And uh, th this team reminds me a lot of that 2015 to 2016, Norm last year of Norm Chow, first year of Nick Rolovich, where um, – 
we saw some pretty down years for our offense and we were very reliant on Scott Harding's ability to cause turnovers for us in the punting game. Um, really kind of spooky in the way that, that they ran um, that rugby style to literally change possession for us. I'd never seen it done from a football perspective before. And I'm not saying we need to start to do that now with, uh, with Shipley, but when you see how the success of this special teams is then almost directly affecting the offense, you know, because our offense needs help right now, you, you start to wonder, okay, how can we put ourselves in these situations more often to be successful? Because this special teams unit is solid across the board. It, it just is. So um, yeah, I, it's along with our defense, Jordan, special teams is another highlight for us right now. Yeah, and look, and those are those are some real positives, right? And and they'll face a, another winnable test, but a not an easy one against New Mexico State. In, in fact, way the betting underdog in Las Cruces, which is kind of crazy to think about. But uh, we'll talk about that coming up in the second half. All right, so the offense, and that's kind of the the elephant in the room right now, right? And, and this offense, Coach Ian Shoemaker, they just have not been able to get in any sort of rhythm, any sort of flow so far through four games, and and I think it is gotten to the point where a lot of the questions being asked there there aren't a whole lot of answers and and what will come of it will be interesting to see all right kind of we'll talk a little bit about the week that was and then we'll get into some of the comments that coach Timmy Chang and some of the offensive guys had following yesterday's practice that would have been Tuesday's practice Uh, Joey Allen got the start again basically played three quarters uh, went 13 of 20 for 86 yards no touchdowns the one interception in the third quarter Braden Shager came in, played the last few series through one pass. Like they, he came in and just handed the ball off. Uh, one for one, seven yards. That was that was his night. <laughs> and some handoffs. Uh, the running backs continue to be the strength. The running backs in this offensive line, right? Dedrick Parson, 11, 11 rushes, 58 yards, two touchdowns, 5.3 yards per carry. Najee Bryant, Lule, 10 runs, 57 yards, 5.7 yards per carry, right? He had a catch in no t- no uh, for no yards, basically in that ball game as well. We didn't see much of Tylen Hines. We didn't see much of Jordan Johnson in this ball game. It was a, a grinded out offensive game for, for both of those two running backs. Um, not huge yardage production totals, but especially in the red zone, those two guys were, were, were kind of money. Uh, Dior Scott, I thought had one of his better games, seven receptions, 53 yards, Jonah Pinocchio, four catches, 22 yards, all of that coming in the first half, James Phillips, one reception for 20 yards, by far the longest reception of the ball game. Jalen Walthall had one catch for negative two yards. There weren't a whole lot of balls being caught, right, basically. And and for Scott and Pinocchio, I mean, 7.6 yards per catch, 5.5 yards per catch. That is not very big. It's not very productive, if you will. And so this is an offense that has just been stuck in neutral, for lack of a better term. Like, they, they haven't been able to – to get it into gear. They haven't been able to push the ball downfield. They haven't been able to get explosive plays in the run game for as good as Parson and Bryant Lillet have been. It is, it is often grinding things out. Right. And, and they've had some big runs. Don't get me wrong. They both average over five yards per carry in this ball game. Um, but outside of the Parson 31 yard touchdown against Vandy in the opener outside of the, what was it? 40 plus yard touchdown run by Tylen Hines against Michigan. Like they you don't remember a whole lot of, plays where they the chunk plays right there they haven't been a whole lot of that in this offense that's i think is one thing that has definitely been missing which 
which then sort of bottles everything up. They're playing in, in, in a tunnel. Like they, they haven't been able to expand things. They haven't been able to stretch the field, expand the defense, allow for things underneath. Like it's just been, you know, short passing game between the tackles running, which has been productive. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but I think it could be so much more, right? If you're able to then make teams defend the entire width of the field, make things defend down the field vertically, uh, boy, it would be nice, uh, but it hasn't been to this point. Um, what are your thoughts, Hunter, on sort of where this this offense has been so far? Um, it and sometimes feels like we are just biding our time this season to wait and see what will happen next year. Um, it just feels like we're asleep from an offensive standpoint. Uh those of us that have played football have watched a ton of football. You can't help but dream of alternative things to see on the field. Um, one thing in particular, um, Duquesne wasn't very big. So if you're not establishing it on the ground, if you have bigger guys at the wide receiver or tight end position, which we definitely have, you can easily put them on the outside to physically beat the other, beat the other team where um, I'm talking back shoulder balls. Uh, we mentioned it on the sideline, Jordan, a lot of hitches. Um, there's ways to get the ball down the field um, that I haven't seen from us just yet. Um, whether or not we're categorized as an offense or not, you know, that's the big thing from coach shoemaker this year was we're going to be unapologetically without a label. Well, whatever not label label you put on it, we got to score point that label has to get put on our offense. So I think at this point of the year, we need to, we, we, we can't be afraid to try anything uh, because so, you know, so far, it doesn't seem like we've tried anything. <laughs> so let's let's try some things to grease the wheels a little bit and try to get this thing moving forward. So that, that, that's kind of where I'm at, Jordan. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a great point. Like they, 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 there has to be a willingness to adapt, a willingness to to change course a little bit, maybe not revamping everything. Obviously, it's that's kind of impossible midseason, but to, to try some different things, right? Throw in some wrinkles um, because it doesn't appear at this point like there is light at the end of the tunnel with the current setup, pairing that with the current set of players, right? As, as we pointed out earlier, like you're down your top two wideouts, arguably in Zion Boynes and now Jonah Pinoke for the foreseeable future. So it Look, you gotta you gotta adjust. You gotta uh, kind of make do, right? Hawaii still no passing touchdowns on the season, right? They're one of only three FBF schools. Interesting enough, Florida and South Florida are the other two um, places you think that you'd be able to kind of throw it all over the place. Um, on the season, Joey Allen forty of eighty-seven. That's good for forty-six percent completion percentage, which is not very good. Um, mm -hmm. 324 yards, two interceptions. Braden Shager, 41 to 69, 59% completion percentage, which is respectable. Um, but in this day and age, right, I mean, you got to be completing like over 60% of your balls in, in most of these modern offenses. 398 yards, four interceptions. Uh, the, the thing, it's it, it's it's just kind of interesting to me because you look at Yellen's pedigree, you look at what he did 
Um, you know, I, I, I went back and watched some of those highlights from the USC Arizona state game, right. In 2019. It's like, man, he looks like a different guy, right? So, you, you know, he's capable of it. Shager we've seen, I think he's the best thrower of the football, um, of the guys we've seen so far this season, right. That, that have been out there. And so just, there's just something not clicking. I, I, I think that, you know, Yellen has done an admirable job kind of taking this and stepping in, especially with some of the Shager injuries, you hear the coaching staff, you hear his teammates sort of rave about his demeanor, his command out there and, and how good a dude he is. Um, but it's just it, the, the offense just hasn't clicked. Right. So it's nothing against the, uh, against Joey Yellen. It's nothing against Braden Shager, even when he's been out there. It's just there needs to be something right. Something needs to be shaken up a little bit because, you know, I went back and looked at the drive chart for this game. I mentioned Hawaii had nine total drives, eight of consequence, their final drive was following the houseman interception that sealed it. It just ran out the clock, which is eight, eight possessions in a 2022 college football game, a 60 minute game. That's tiny. Like that. That's not a lot at all. Uh, I was kind of shocked. And I was like, yeah, they didn't have the ball a whole lot, especially in the second half. Like you're talking about, you know, 10 possessions minimum in a ball game, you know, usually, but that's what happens when you're not scoring points. Um, five of those eight possessions, nothing like nothing. Yeah. Three of them resulted in scores two touchdowns and a field goal, but five of the eight, nothing. They went, this is the drive chart. Start the game three and out. Next drive, following the Jalen Purdue long kickoff return, six plays, 35 yards, touchdown. Look, not their fault. They got the short field. So obviously you're not going to rack up a lot of stats, Uh, but they got a touchdown. Kudos to them there. Took advantage. Next drive, three and out punt. Final drive of the first half, three plays, 14 yards, touchdown, right? The block punt. Took that in. Again, not going to rack up a lot of stats, but they were able to punch it in. Got it in there. Dedrick Parson following a, a penalty, I think, that backed him up from the doorstep a little further out. Parson able to take it in from 14 yards out. All right, so you score on two of your four first-half possessions in the first half. You take advantage of some short fields. All right, I think that's fairly positive to view. The two three-and-outs, there's been too many three-and-outs with this team. There aren't a whole lot of drives that go six plays, seven plays. You get 30, 35 yards. You still punt it away, but at least you flip the field position. There are a whole lot of three-and-outs. Second play, uh, second half drive chart. Again, just basically three drives of consequence. Long opening drive to start the third quarter by Duquesne. Yep. Right, defense comes up with an interception. That was a houseman interception. Hawaii, very next play, throws a pick right back. Right, It's like, oh, boy. All right, pick right back. That was a one-play drive. Nothing doing. Next, next drive, five plays, one first down, picked up 11 yards, and then they backed up 11 yards with a loss of two and then a sack of nine yards. So it ended up netting zero yards. They got a first down. They got a five plays to, to put together on that drive. So it technically wasn't a three and out, but they didn't gain a single yard in field position, had to punt it away. Then the next drive, 10 plays. All right, okay, here we go. A little 10-play drive, went 33 yards, got a field goal. 3.3 yards per play. Like, that's rough, man. Like, good. They got a, they got, they were, that's something positive, right? You like to see those. Hey, maybe it wasn't a drive that went, 60 yards maybe it wasn't a drive that went 70 yards but hey 30 35 yards you're able to end it with a kick you end it with a punt that flips field position or maybe you get a field goal with the reliable Matt Shipley they got that there but man three 3.3 yards of play that's a grind that's a grind that is tough that wears on you a little bit right and so that's the game like those are the eight possessions of consequence for Hawaii in that game and and look it's we're not telling we wouldn't be telling this team and this coaching staff anything they didn't already know, <laughs> right? Yeah. They go over this stuff. Um, but that's just, I mean, that's just not good enough. 
right? No. Like that's 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 not good enough. And and even mixing in like, look, they need to score more. Finding a passing touchdown, I think, would be the next monkey off of their back, if you will, a little weight off of their shoulders. Um, but there's just there's so many three and outs. You know, there's just so many possessions where they they there's no momentum built. Then they go sit down for a while, and it's like, all right, go back out there. Right. And you've got you've been you've been you basically haven't done anything for like a half a quarter or a full quarter in some of these cases where it's like you're just not on the field very often. It's hard to to build anything when when you're not getting reps like they didn't run a lot of plays. They want a whole lot of plays run. I don't even think they ran 75 plays in this game. So it's it's. It begs for some adjustments, it begs for shaking things up a little bit, it begs for a rethinking of things. Um, but what are you, what are you, uh, <laughs> I saw your facial expressions, Hunter, as we went through the drive talk there. Um, um, any comments? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you were going to tell me if I'm a coach at Duquesne and we could keep Hawaii to less than two drives a quarter, that is masterful um, possession and clock management on your part, a bigger school, bigger team, bigger players, potentially more talented and you're able to hold the football from them that that much amount of times I mean that puts your team in the most ideal situation to win a football game so that to me is pretty impressive on their part and also pretty impressive how unproductive our offense was um I mean it felt like it when we were there man um our offense is bland uh, you and I joked around saying it's uh, as vanilla as vanilla gets um, without much spice. So um, yeah, we got sprink- to sprinkle in some seasoning, man. Get some sprinkles on there, a little spice, a little something. Um, my math is terrible because I literally read you all of the plays that they ran. And I was like, I don't think they got to 75. Uh, the total was 46. They ran 46 offensive plays in this game. That is. Mm. Yeah. So it's just, you know, and. And again, there, there are a lot of things that are hindrances, right? The, we talked about the exodus of players. We, we, we talked about the, the lack of, of run into this season. We talked about the, the, the injuries, especially at the perimeter uh, with the, the wide receivers. And so, look, but at this point, I mean, you hear it from, from the coaches. You hear it from inside the locker room as well. Like, they're, they're not making those excuses. They're not clinging on to those excuses. And so, at some point, right, you got to start getting the job done. And look, they got to win. That's the positive. But you got to start producing. They, they know that as, as well as anybody. And, and so it was kind of interesting to see Coach Chang address the media, right, as he usually does, the usual media scrum after Tuesday's practices. Um, and he said that they are changing a little bit of the philosophy. Uh, I'm just reading you some of the quotes here. Uh, quote, we're going to start pushing the ball in different areas of the field's uh, of the field, excuse me, and simplifying. And so hopefully that can go into this week's game plan and be successful. And then, of course, that led to a fair amount of follow-up questions uh, from the media there. Uh, Timmy elaborated uh, and said, quote, trying to spread them out a little bit more. Some of the things that we might be accustomed to here in Hawaii, without giving any away everything, definitely trying to throw the ball. And so that, of course, perked up a lot of people piques in people's interests nowhere at any point did he utter the words run and shoot not not one time not one time he said we're going to stretch the field we're going to start pushing the ball into different areas of the field 
Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be doing some things that Hawaii fans are accustomed to here in Hawaii, right? A, a lot of uh, allusions to offenses of of yesteryear. Um, but it's just so funny because people latch on to that, right? Social media, talk radio. Um, that obviously leads people to think run and shoot. And I tell you what, man, and you know this, Hunter, because I know you talk to a lot of people at your job. You see people around, right? It's like if you utter the words run and shoot, like it, it like people will. It's almost as if people who can't even hear you that are clear across town, like people, you know, shopping at Long's or, you know, the brought a man working like construction uh, or or somebody like doing some yard work or, or picking up their kid from school. They'll like pause and be like, did somebody say run and shoot? What, what did I hear? And it's like elicits this visceral response from people. And it's like, oh, then, they, then you get them going, right? It's like they'll, they'll tell you everything you need to know about how the run and shoot is the greatest offense that's ever existed. And, and, it, and it works. You got you yeah. got That's what we got to be running at the University of Hawaii. And like, look, I'm not going to disagree with any of that. But it's just I, I, I just find it kind of amusing that it just it just elicits this response from people. And so I think people took this and got really excited by what Coach Chang was saying. I'd love to see them try some stuff. I don't know if it's going to work, right? Again, we talk about personnel-wise. It's tough. It's it's tough for this group. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was encouraging to hear Coach Chang say, like, look, we're going to try something a little different, right? It, whatever you want to call it, whatever it wanted, whatever you want to label it, whatever whatever it looks like, um, that was encouraging. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, man. Uh, I don't know if this is fact, uh, but I feel like, Run and shoot must have been the uh, the rallying cry for Kamehameha when he conquered the islands. I mean, it's just it's built into the Aina out it's here. The, the minute you you it whisper gets people it, going, man, it gets people yeah, going. You whisper it, it can be heard for miles. Run and shoot, run and shoot. Like echoes, <laughs> it echoes. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, <laughs> hats off to Coach Timmy for not saying run and shoot while saying run and shoot. Um, <laughs> uh that's a pretty good job on his part right there of not giving everything away with with also giving everything away um bless his heart um yeah I mean we've talked about it earlier Jordan we're at the point of this year and with this team we gotta try something so um you know similar when whenever Rolo took over we, we could not fully commit to run and shoot um, schemes because it takes so much teaching. It takes so much of a mind shift across the board from quarterback plays, running backs to how you block for it, how you, um, how uh, wide receivers change the routes on the go. So they can't quite make that shift just right off the bat. Um, but we can incorporate some of the brilliant um, uh, route and route schemes that the, the run and shoot does possess. Um, Cause it, it allows for undersized, underskilled teams to be successful. So um, I don't think it's a, uh, a mystery that we would fall under one of those undersized, underskilled teams right now with everything that's gone down. So I think we're looking for any solution that could help us win football games at this point. Yeah, look, I mean, the, the numbers – don't lie, right? Hawaii, 120th out of 131 FBS teams in scoring at 15.2 points per game, 120th in total offense, 105th in passing offense, 
124th in passing yards per completion, right? Yards per, per completion, which is a, a usually a good measure, yards per attempt as well. Uh, but even yards per completion, 8.91 yards per. I, I, I do got to give a shout out. It's kind of funny because, as you point out, Coach Jimmy, right? Kind of talking around it a little bit, but alluding to it. I loved it. I, I, I enjoy that. I like a little tongue in cheek. Um, but our guy, Tanner Hayworth of ESPN Honolulu, uh, tweeted out uh, what I thought was just a, a really funny kind of snarky tweet. Uh, and it, to the comments that Coach Chang said, the you know that uh, some of the things where we might be a little more accustomed to here in Hawaii in terms of the offense, and he he tweeted out is Paul Johnson showing up in Las Cruces this weekend? Of course, alluding to Hawaii's past existence as a spread option team. Yeah, <laughs> and I thought that was great, and I would just love it if that was actually true, right? It's like, oh yeah, you guys thought we were going to run the run and shoot. In fact, we're going to run the double slot option. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna bring back the days of Michael Carter and Daryl Gabriel. We're gonna we're, we're still gonna throw it right. They, those well, guys can throw it, man. You know we're gonna bring back the Kelly Greens. We're gonna the, the tearaway mesh jerseys, and and that's that's what that's what Coach Timmy Chang was talking about. I'd love it if that was the case, and I, I thought that was kind of uh, very off. witty, very witty, and uh, very very um, very clever of our guy Tanner. So uh, I did want to give a shout. out. I thought that was great. Um, and, uh, you know, I got to keep the people on their toes a little bit, keep them guessing. There is, there, there are these very distinct eras of Hawaii football. Cause he's not um, wrong. That's what we were known for. Yeah. And, and that's the I thing, right. And, and this is, this is uh, a point that has been made by many over the years, Hawaii's best years, right. The holiday bowl, yeah. the, the Tommy Wagner era, the June Jones era, very, very different offenses, right. Yeah. You're talking about option run and shoot, but they are. Gimmick's not the right word. Hawaii has existed or ha has performed the best in its existence when running different offenses, right? Running, running non-traditional offenses. That, that has been the MO for the successful years of Hawaii football. So, you know, I'm not saying it can't work running something else, but if you just look at history, right, that's, that's sort of always been the case. One last uh, quotable as we head out here on uh, what has turned into quite the long first half. <laughs> Uh, Dior Scott also made available to the media, the, the veteran. Uh, I think he has emerged as one of the leaders of this team and, and has been one of the more reliable pass catchers. He said, quote, this is the reason I came to Hawaii to really throw the ball down the field, see exciting plays for coach Timmy Chang to finally say, Hey, let's throw the ball down the field vertical. This excites us, but we know we have a big responsibility. Now we got to be ready for the challenge ahead. Um, so I think that's, you know, obviously that's, that had to have been something, you know, communicated going into the week during install during, during meetings, during practice. Um, so it sounds like, you know, and that's the other thing too, a little change. You got to be able to keep the guys interested. You got to get them a little excited, right. And, and, and looking to push the ball downfield. So we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. All right. We'll take a quick halftime break here. Uh, come back second half. We'll look at New Mexico state ahead uh, on the weekend. Back with more Hawaii football now after this. This is Hawaii football now from ESPN Honolulu. All right, second half time. Jordan Hunter back with you. A little abbreviated second half. We went a little long. Offensive philosophical discussion. You can get Hunter and I talking about that for days. Uh, New Mexico State on the weekend. The Aggies 0-4 on the season. Remember last year they were 2-10 uh, in 2021. Hawaii, uh, Hawaii is 10-0 all-time against New Mexico State, including two wins <laughs> in two meetings last season. Um, the Aggies... Two blowout losses to Big Ten opponents, Minnesota, and last week against Wisconsin, 66-7 loss. 
in Madison against the Badgers. And then two close losses, in fact, to group of five opponents, Nevada, to start the season in UTEP in their rivalry game, Texas El Paso, a couple of weeks ago. Both of those, I think, were uh, less than 10-point losses. The UTEP loss was a, a single-score game. All that being said, Aggies 0-4, a couple of rough outings, Hawaii 1-3, rough outing against a Big Ten opponent of their own, SEC opponent of their own. Uh, Hawaii currently four-and-a-half-point underdogs. Four-and-a-half-point underdogs. Uh, they opened plus two. Uh, that has climbed to now four-and-a-half. I don't know what it'll be like. The, the line seems to have kind of steadied out here after opening plus two on Sunday. That um, It should probably be around there, I would imagine, four, four-and-a-half, five, uh, by the time this thing kicks off on Saturday. Just another sobering reminder of sort of what the state of the program is. <laughs> When you're on the road at 0-4 New Mexico State, a team you have never lost to in your program's history, former WAC rival New Mexico State in their final year of independence before they head back off to conference affiliation. Um, Sunbed, I believe it is. It is uh, Hawaii who is the underdog in this ball game, and by no stretch, they I've seen them play a few times in the Nevada game, a little bit of the UTEP, uh, and then Wisconsin, which obviously was not necessarily a, a, an accurate look. They're better than they were last year, I think. Just, just watching them, watching them on tape. Uh, I think they're an improved team. They're, they've tweaked their offensive philosophy a little bit. I don't know if they're necessarily more talented, but I, I think they, they've got a better idea of how they want to uh, go about things. Same coaching staff, veteran coaching staff there. But uh, by no stretch of the imagination is this going to be an easy game for the University of Hawaii. It is a worthy opponent and uh, one that Hawaii is not favored to win in, but one that they – winnable, winnable game, no doubt. Do they uh, still have that big quarterback, Jordan? No, different quarterback. So uh, interestingly enough, yeah, they got two quarterbacks. Sound familiar? Um, they got Gavin Frakes, who is more the passer. Okay. Okay, passing numbers. Uh, and then they got Diego Pavia, who, when I've watched, I think that is kind of their what looks to be their more promising look. He's more of a runner. It's more spread option stuff. You know, uh, think. Auburn think West Virginia back in the day right you're moving moving guys around you're running buck sweep you're running some of these option looks out of it I think he's pretty dangerous um Nevada's not that good this year um I, I think they'll be one of the, the the opponents on Hawaii's schedule that you know might offer an opportunity to play well against um but still you know it's a Mountain West opponent and they they played them very tough and a couple of untimely turnovers I think was the big difference against the Wolfpack for New Mexico State so yeah it's they, they shuffle these two guys in there, mixed results, uh, little different looks uh, for Hawaii, obviously, right? It's, it's basically been the same offense, no matter who they've thrown in there, but for New Mexico State, uh, different packages. So, yeah, it'll be kind of interesting to see how this defense uh, prepares for two quarterbacks that offer you two different looks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think uh, our defense is going to be leaned on heavily again to – um, try to get some turnovers and I, uh, I'm almost wanting to keep my hope and expectations at bay Jordan with regards to our offense, as much as those comments from Timmy Chang gets me, uh, excited. I'm also at this point of like, all right, show us, <laughs> um, we, we keep talking like we're going to do something. Now's the time, uh, cause we don't get too many other, I wouldn't say golden opportunities, good opportunities like this game to kind of stretch our legs before 
um, conference play starts in just a couple of weeks time. So this is uh, time is definitely of the essence here to try to get something established on offense. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And uh, this is a New Mexico State team that, that presents a, a very stiff test. Lazarus Williams, one of their key pass rushers, he's got two sacks in four games, a name to keep your eye on uh, if you watch this one. It will be on Flow Sports. Uh, for those that watch the game on Flow Sports last year, you know how to get there. Um, Google it. You need a subscription. It's like 20 bucks for a monthly subscription, or you can do the, the year thing, right? They've got a, they've got a, a, a decent catalog of games. They've got uh, partnered with some, some lower division conferences. They have New Mexico state. They have UMass. Um, they're the TV broadcast partner for both of those independent schools. They they've got a bunch of high school sports uh, across the country, but you know, just a, a friendly reminder, you're going to go have to go drop 20 bucks to go watch this one and, and um, just cancel it after the game. So you don't get the recurring charge there. Um, but of course, you can always catch it on ESPN Honolulu Radio um, with the Venary brothers on the call there. That one you don't have to pay a subscription fee for um, if you want to go check that one out. So, yeah, big trip to Las Cruces, second road trip of the year. They at least got the the routine down, right? This isn't their first road trip of the year, but it is a big one. Um, look, if they can come back from this into the bye week prior to conference play, two and three, all things considered, I think that's all right. I think that's that's a positive step in the right direction. But one in four, one in four lost to New Mexico State for the first time in your program history. A little different tune, a little different tune if that is the case. All right. So one other topic that I, I, we kind of wanted to save for next week anyway, because I think we're learning a little bit more about this. This news kind of just broke yesterday. Uh, there appears to be a shakeup with NASA, the new Aloha Stadium Entertainment District. Uh, Governor Ige appears to be shifting course. I'm not really sure if that is more. Um, just kind of semantics based on it transitioning from one state department to another, or if this is a philosophical change and all this all works out. Um, but I can tell you one thing, it most likely delays everything. <laughs> so just, just we'll put that on the back burner. Oh. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, but just oh. wanted to put that on people's radar that uh, there may be um, further developments when it comes to the new Aloha stadium. Um, I'm sure you're shocked Hunter. Are you saying that before Governor Ige gets voted out, he decided to slow the new Aloha Stadium? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not too sure. He's he's terming out, right? He couldn't run again. Um, I don't know. I Again, this may be more, hey, look, it had to be done because of the transfer from the stadium authority to DBET, but I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's why I didn't want to get too into it this week because – I think that we need to get a little more information. I got to read up on this thing before before we get into it. Some right, jokes so quick, just write themselves, man. Yeah, they really, they really do. They really do. Can't wait to catch the rail uh, to the new Aloha Stadium and whenever that happens. Um, quick look at the comments. Uh, big thanks to everybody once again. Yeah. Uh, our guy Scott, um, who, who was appreciative of the the Mark Veneri interview, um, he was saying, you know, hey. Some of the shakeups, maybe even give some of the, the other quarterbacks, right? Jake Farrell, Armani Ed in a shot in this one. Al from VA, of course, dropping us uh, a few different comments. Thought he had a really good point talking about hey, if if you're going back to the run and shoot, right? That that makes sense for a lot of reasons, including the fact that hey, a lot of schools in Hawaii, um, in the area, run similar offenses, right? Because of the influence of the June Jones era, uh, a lot of high schools started running that, and so. Look at the natural recruiting base, right? That, that that fits the system, undersized guys uh, that we saw 
throughout the years, really, that, that fitted the Jonah Pinocchio's, the Kuali Nishi guys, just of the recent crop right here. Great Ihu even, right, kind of ran that at Pac-5, now um, getting some run for the University of Hawaii at wide receiver. Um, Amin, Amin, not too sure, I think a first-time commenter. Um, appreciate you. Uh, had a uh, little, little insight on uh, perhaps a, a Juco QB uh, from the L.A. area that uh, Hawaii could have their eyes on. Kind of interesting to see. You can check that on the YouTube comments as well but uh as we wrap things up with the overtime did want to give a shout out a little bulls in the pros segment jelani tavaya sack last weekend for the patriots uh still getting the run out there right man he's he's reunited with matt patricia um they're back in new england after their time in detroit together uh and then jr hensley after a standout season all league season in the indoor football league not to be confused with the defunct arena football league or the yeah. other indoor football arena league thing i don't know there have been a whole bunch of different there's a few of them but anyway he's going to the cfl the good thing about the cfl it's been around for like over 100 years uh and so you're not going to get confused as to which league that is the bc lions of course strong tradition of hawaii players there uh in vancouver the likes of solomon alamimian uh, and, and his time there. Uh, so shout out to JR. Uh, awesome for him uh, as he's going there. Any final thoughts, Hunter, as we wrap this thing up? Oh, yeah. Uh, hats off to both those guys continuing to put the work in, um, especially JR getting a chance to move up. You know, it's, it's not just uh, going from, you know, an NFL uh opportunity and then the lower level footballs like it shows that he played well enough in indoor football league to get called up again and is on the upward trajectory of his career so um yeah super stoked for my teammate my good friend uh hensley uh you're doing good stuff man we gotta have you on the show at some point so um other than that jordan my other overtime segment has everything to do with aaron Rodgers continuing to kick our butt in chicago I'm not a gambling man. I am not someone who likes to uh, to bet my own money. However, I'm putting money on the Packers from now until the cows come home that they're going to beat the Bears every single time. It's so frustrating. Yeah, we we um we asked for some consideration last week when we said, look, give us this right for the Bears after the win over the Niners because it's like it's probably not going to last very long. Um, and yeah, Rogers, as he usually does, just taking our hearts. Uh, one little gripe, the, it was a touchdown. It was a touchdown on the goal line. I don't understand how we haven't figured this thing out yet. Um, if tennis has, if tennis has their entire thing, yeah, out what do we really? do? there's goal line technology in soccer. Like it's not that hard. It's yeah. not that hard guys. Make he scored visible barrier He's and scored. every All right. football is covered with some sort of I don't know, chip coding that the minute it passes, it's a touchdown. I don't understand. Yeah, look, look, it wouldn't have changed the outcome of the game, but maybe the Bears cover. <laughs> so, you know, some people cared. Some people care. That's all I know. All right. That'll do it for us. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the New Mexico State game. We'll be back to wrap it up next week on a bye week. Uh, so a chance for everybody to kind of recalibrate after the trip to Las Cruces and get ready for the stretch run and the Mountain West Conference season that is ahead basically a third of the way through the year now four games in hawaii one and three following win number one of the season win number one of the timmy chang era the 10 point victory over duke king a big mahalo to you my guy hunter big mahalo to jaron on the controls uh big thanks to spectrum mobile hawaii usa federal credit union and battery bill as well we'll see you next week everybody aloha
You've been listening to Hawaii Football Now with Jordan Halley and Hunter Hughes, all from ESPN Honolulu.